And it really reminded me of like, Star Wars had three fucking movies to describe to us how Anakin follows the dark side and somehow failed, right? Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of I Want to Talk Movies, and it's 2023, so here we go. Hey Andrew. Happy New Year, buddy. Alright, yeah, we took a little bit of a of a holiday break, so we haven't really recorded in a in a hot minute. <laughs> um yeah, how was your break? It's pretty good. Uh, very nice, actually. You know, not a lot of work. We actually get like pretty legit vacation in Europe for that. Like, it doesn't like fully eat into your holiday vacation for the summer either. You know what I mean? So like, no, I had like kind of jealous. a whole week plus a couple other days off. I don't know. It's probably in total like straight, like maybe like ten days. So it's like a full week, both weekends on the side, and then like one additional day in both directions so five six seven it's almost like yeah like maybe like 12 days in a row yeah i'm not jealous it's nice <laughs> i gotta do like i have to use pto every time i mean like well throughout the in the between weeks right because we had the this week this year was weird because like or this past year was weird because we had christmas eve and New Year's Eve, but on Saturday, Sunday. So it's like yeah. I ended up having those two that like Monday, Friday off for those both days, kind of just to kind of like recover. Um, definitely threw off threw off my sleep schedule. Um, so I'm still kind of recovering from that, even though we're on day eight of the new year while we're recording this. Um, but yeah, just it was kind of just busy, a lot of traveling, a lot of driving to see friends and family and whatnot. But yeah, it was kind of nice over here. Um, but uh, but yeah, we have um we have a couple things in store today. We uh are gonna do some just up news updates or any kind of you know talk about the DC universe because I'm always fascinated with what's going on in that realm. Uh, we're gonna do what we've been like things that we've been like watching and stuff like that, and then we're gonna do a glass onion, and then any kind of uh, future stuff we're gonna be interested in watching so i'll talk yeah. about avatar even though andy didn't watch avatar oh, God, you're gonna bring that up as soon as you could as soon as you could you're gonna bring that up no i did not watch avatar so you will get a good hot minute of uh, me getting yelled at by andrew um today which is a, very <laughs> ironic because i feel like i complain about that franchise way more than you i mean and see that's why i that's why i decided to just kind of like hang back and like be like well i just don't want something to complain about like but i've heard good things but I'll it's t- a fine I'll, movie but i'm yeah i think that's like the, the fine movie i just i want to hear your take on it though so we'll see what uh what when we get to that point um but yeah no i want to get into like the the dc stuff because there's just it's always interesting what's going on in that, and I don't know if the again I don't know if DC is just cursed when it comes to the movies. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, they just the thing is is just like I think the real wrong thing that they did was just like not recognizing soon enough that just like Scott, no, I want to say Scott Snyder, Zack Snyder, that his vision was just not popular enough. I think whether or not you like it or whatever is fine. But it just I think it was never really popular enough, but they just kept going, hoping they could make it, I guess, popular enough. 
And then on the side, they had these other movies that like kind of kept dragging it along because some of them were good enough. I think that's always what it was. Most of the time, like best case scenario, this is good enough. Um, and then eventually it just like crumbled from, you know, I think, I guess, lack of interest plus directors and other people moving away. And then the constant changing of hands of who owns Warner Brothers and like mergers and, and all sorts of executive changes at the top who like are deciding the direction for the movie studio and the properties they own. It's, it's a, I feel like it's like a juggling act. I don't know. It's like hot potato who's going to hold on to the mantle. But like, so again, I still think there's some light or some hope at the end of the tunnel, right? Because I have, I think, overly, overly faith in James Cameron and like, uh, not James Cameron, sorry, uh, James Gunn. They won't James, but James Gunn on his vision and how he's going to kind of just rebuild the the DC universe was what he's been given and what changes that he wants to make, which has kind of screwed over some other people who had plans and and like you know that they had plans on wanting to have a chunk of the DC universe. Like Dwayne Johnson, The Rock wanted to be that person. Why he wanted to make Black Adam such a special big character so he can have a piece. Which of that was also DC dumb universe. from the beginning. That was a dumb idea. Let's like seriously, like Black Adam is a cool character. But it's dumb to think that he should be the center of the DC universe. And it's also, it would have been cool to see The Rock and Superman fight at some point in time. Like, I could see that. And even seeing Superman and Black Adam fight and have some kind of confrontation at some point in time is cool. But if that is your buildup, and he was kind of selling it that way, like, this is going to be the next epic battle of the DC universe. I was like, dude, you have way more interesting characters to do this with. Um, Yeah. And you need to, I just acknowledge that, like, Black Adam is a strong secondary character, best case, really, and just probably a really strong antagonist against Shazam, the occasional antagonist maybe against the Justice League or some people in the Justice League. But to be the main big boss, like, he's not Darkseid, he's not Brainiac, he's not Lex Luthor, it's not, it's just, it's not it, you know what I mean? But here's my thing, though. Here's the thing. What like I don't even think The Rock was like. And again, this is me just talking out of my ass. I don't think he was envisioning himself being like a villain or antihero. Like you know, like being the antihero, sure, right. But I literally think he wanted to be like one of the main, like one of the biggies of the DC universe, right? Because like he wanted to probably more movies based on him and what he does around the world or whatever. Like, I don't think he wanted to be like the villain. Cause like the guy that doesn't like having to be beaten in fights, you know, he wants to win at the end, which is dumb. So, they, should, they should cast him as like a superhero instead. Like he's been associated with this role for so long at some point in time, maybe it would have made more sense to change it. I mean, but that's, I mean, I think it's just something that like, and I don't know if it's ego, I don't want to call him like that, but like, I feel like he, He's like he wants to always be the the good guy, right? Um, so, and I I get that, but like when you pick a character who is sometimes seen as a villain, like it's hard to like re like just kind of rewrite that character. And I know that they have, you know, because I think they had done some new comics with like the Black Adam looking like the Rock kind of deal. Well, they also put yeah. Black Adam in the Justice League, of course, temporarily, because they ha- I'm sure he's not in it anymore. I'm, he must be out by now. Right. Uh, so it's just like a weird 
it's it's just really disorganized and like just kind of trying to get the that crown but like again the people who are in charge like one of them which is james gunn like he's now the one recreating this entire world right what's what he's been given to right i think we're before we started recording we're talking mentioning like now i think gaga is not in the picture anymore Ben Affleck's not going to be a part of it, and I think uh, Jared Leto's Joker is going to be out of it as well. So it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens because I don't think they also I don't think they even scrapped some of the old projects, right? Like, but they announced like the whole side project with Joker too. Yeah, which I think that'll be interesting. We'll see if they can actually hit that well, like the first one, but. The weird thing is, is I want to know what that Flash movie is going to look like, because, like, supposedly Henry Cavill had recorded scenes for it. I'm sure those are cut. Um, Ben Affleck, like, I wonder if his scenes are cut. Like, I just want to know who's going to be in that movie. I think Gal Gadot had had filmed some scenes. I think a lot of them had filmed. No, maybe not Gal Gadot, but I think Jason Momoa had. And maybe his are gone, too. Like, all of those other justice league characters a lot of them were in the movie and i wonder who actually makes the cut and i wonder if it's just going to make the movie just look like nonsensical like you know like they don't have enough scenes to connect things so it's going to be like weird and and like certain parts won't make sense um like they already had to backtrack on probably certain aspects of michael keaton's batman because he was supposed to be introduced in batwoman no batgirl which should have come out already but then you have to go back and edit it so that like you weren't reliant upon whatever the hell happened in that movie to make sense of the Flash movie. So I don't know. It just seems like a whole big fucking mess that I, I don't have high hopes for that movie. I still think it won't make it to theaters. I don't think it's going to make it to theaters. I think it's going to be HBO Max. See, I think it's going to go to theaters and like here and like, I don't know. Uh, there's some sketchy stuff happening too, because I think, we, like, again, before, before we were recording, I was t- telling you that, like, Warner Bros. is considering uh, keeping Ezra Miller as a Flash, but Which I don't believe either. I don't know how I mean, true that. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll stay. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the conversation happened, like I said before we started recording. Like, you could talk about something for five seconds and it technically happened, but I can't imagine. I would find it tough that there's like real serious conversations about like keeping him when they're scrapping everything else. And then plus like the bad press he's brought to all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, who, who knows? And I guess like, I don't know if they're just going to just have this one release as like the final, like movie before, uh, you know, James Gunn starts to, and his coworkers start to kind of like, kind of start to like, you it know, could be like a full, Full, like, uh, what was the X-Men that did the full reboot? Which was that? Days of Future Past did that hard reboot? Yeah, Days of Future Past, exactly. Because they cut out X3. That pretty much cut out the third X-Men, right? Which I thought was the one, one of the most funniest and most brilliant thing I've ever seen happen was a franchise of, like, we all know you guys hated X-Men, the third X-Men. Here we go. Uh, And this is how we undo that whole thing, as well as, you know, giving us one of the, you know, other good movies that had Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman, which is Logan. So uh, I really appreciate doing that. So who knows? Maybe they might do something like this. I think it's going to be like a full-blown hard reboot. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we see some of the new actors who play Superman or Batman. I bet super—this is my wild bet then— 
at the very end of that movie, we get introduced to the new actor who is Superman, who actually, I, I heard there's some social media buzz that people were suggesting, and I think this is a strong casting. Did you see that new Elvis movie? Uh, no, but I know who I know who the the actor that guy, is. Something Butler is his name. I think he got famous from like Disney Channel TV shows or something. Um. But he was in that he was in that uh, Elvis movie called Elvis, and I think there's been I don't know I think there's just some social media buzz at some point in time after James Gunn was talking about the new Superman movie would take place kind of with a young Superman who is a reporter for the Daily Planet but already has been Superman I think kind of like the Batman route that the Batman took like he's been Superman for some time like Batman had been Batman for like a year or two. Um, and they'll just go with like a younger inexperienced Superman but he still has you know. It's not an origin story, which I like. I, I don't think we need more origin stories anyway. We all know the characters. Um, but I think I think he's a strong choice for Superman. I mean, like, I think he I think he could do that. I really I mean, like, I think music biopics are always super, super hard, to be honest. Um, I think it's hard to compress, like, really interesting people's lives down to that short of a time period. But I, I enjoyed the Elvis movie. I watched it a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his name is Austin. It's Austin Butler. Austin Butler. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. I'd be curious so there you go. There's my yeah. prediction. Austin Butler at the end of the Flash movie as the new Superman in the post-credit scene. We'll see. I mean, it just like like here's the thing though. Like I'm still salty, right? Because I still think Harry Cowell is has been one of the you know besides. Um, well, the original Superman, like one of the other best depictions of Superman, right? So, uh, I just think he's just he fits the type and everything. So it's just kind of sad, and I think he like you know the actor has had some bad luck with like losing this role, especially like you know making the announcement that he's back, and then two weeks, no, two months later, saying never mind, I'm not gonna be Superman, uh, which is like heartbreaking, and then now with the Witcher thing too, where he's also gonna be leaving that project. Honestly, I'm kind so, of happy he's living The Witcher because, like, I've tried so hard to like The Witcher just because of Henry Cavill. <laughs> but, like, I just don't care about the show. Like, I try. Like, I'm, halfway, I'm still, like, halfway through the second season. I pick up an episode every, like, four weeks. And then, like, I really try. Like, I really, I know. And I just, knowing that he's not going to be in the show anymore, it's like, okay, well, now I don't have to care so much. But it is oh, funny. My heart. He was, so I guess he's going to be in a Warhammer TV show for Amazon, which I think yes. officially makes him like the dorkiest actor probably ever. Yeah, it makes him the coolest nerd ever because he's been like anything he like really adores, he like wants to have a hand in, right? So like he loves the Witcher series, Let Him Be Geralt, which he, I think he did an amazing job. I wish he would continue being him. Uh, so I'm kind of sad because he like really liked that project. Um, and now he's going to do Warhammer, which is a big fan of the Warhammer uh, stuff. Next thing I want to see him do is I want to also see him do a World of Warcraft movie. Why not? You know, or show. Have him be like the lead or whatever. Because um, it would be all about it. So, yeah, I'll keep watching his You stuff. know what I was thinking what so, they should do, actually? Um, I was reading a, some some of the newer Marvel Conan comic books. And I was like, man, they could really... Whoever owns this property now, which I don't think it's Marvel anymore, actually. I think it just changed hands again. But they could turn that into like a Game of Thrones-esque, you know, Lord of the Rings-esque kind of thing. 
like it, it would be awesome there's an immense amount of lore you could build on like there's just cool stuff like it doesn't have to be like what we envision as like pretty much you know the arnold schwarzenegger conan like there's so much more there like i was reading this new series called king conan where he's like the king of some area and he's like raising his son and the premise is he's trying to raise his son to not be like this entitled asshole because his son is royalty and he's like oh i had to work for all this stuff and like I had to go out and I, I, I saw the world and I, I lived through all these adventures and hardships and stuff. And I, I want my son to like experience that. But at the same time, he's royalty. And when I was reading it, I was like, damn, like whoever owns this, they could just they could totally make a cool Conan TV series. And actually, now that you mention it, it could be actually cool to see Henry Cavill as Conan. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm again, I. I like the actor and I like him very much and like whatever. And I've seen whatever, you know, everything that I've seen him in, not just like the superhero stuff from like, you know, but even like the movie Man from Uncle, right? Like that was a really fun movie watching him uh, in it too. So, uh, and also he did a great job in the the, the last um, Mission Impossible movie too. Uh, so, yeah. So I'm a Henry Cowell fan. So hopefully he'll start getting some, some like uh, roles that can stick and everything so yeah yeah um but yeah uh well there's one thing too that i want to mention okay this is i don't know why i'm going to bring this drama up right but there's like this recent controversy with uh de batista right and an interview that he had where pretty much the it was taken as him talking shit about the rock right which i don't know um how true that is but he was talking he had an interview with i think vanity fair and talking to like saying hey like you know i'm i'm glad i got to experience some of the silly roles like playing drax and everything but i really want to you know i don't want to be the next uh the next rock you know wrestler turned actor uh you know i wanted to take i want to you know make this into i want to become a better actor and become a respected actor right and having that, like, saying the respected actor part, it's like, you know, those two sentences there, like, I don't want to be the next rock, but I want to be a, a respected actor. Like, people are taking that as, in, like, oh, that the rock isn't uh, a good actor, which, I mean, he's not a bad actor, but he's also... He's not a bad actor, uh, but he does, you know, we know, we, we all know what to expect from him, right? There's a reason, like, the rock's yeah. not working with, like, Scorsese, right? Yeah, which is fine. Like it doesn't have to be. People's careers can go in different directions, and you find a niche. And if you like that niche, go for it. Yeah. Uh, so, well, we'll see. And Batista, the guy can act. I really do think the guy can act. Um, he's just been been kind of um, stereotyped, you know, or typecasted. I mean. Yeah, I mean, he is right about like, the Drax thing. Like, the, the, I mean, like. I think besides Rocket and maybe sometimes Groot, all of the characters in Guardians are just wildly different than their comic book counterparts. And I think James Gunn just totally rewrote them. Like, he totally rewrote Peter Quill, Gamora, Drax probably the most, completely. Like, Even Drax Mantis and Gamora... Ability. Like, Mantis is quite different, too. Mantis is different, but like Drax and Gamora are so wildly different. Like Gamora should be so much more dangerous than she's depicted in the comics. Um, so much more, and both of them should be so much more dangerous, actually, to be honest. And they really just, I mean, like, I get it. Drax is funny. They leaned into it because it worked. I mean, he really was funny in that first Guardians movie, so they just kept leaning into it, which is, you know, 
it's fine. They found the niche that worked. It's like Thor, right? They found that goofy Thor worked and they, they did it because they couldn't get the more serious Thor to work in the first one. So they went for the goofy sure. one. And it was interesting, though, like going with like the side again, going more on like, the whole Jack's character. Like the reason why they call him Jack as a story is because he was one of the first people in the comics to like kill Thanos. Right. Yeah. Um, and then in the Marvel, in the Marvel universe, like the cinematic universe, like the power scale there, like just the difference between like them is like, yeah, there's no way in chance that they would they would he would win in a brawl with with Thanos. From how well, they, they didn't even they didn't even ever bring up the opportunity. It's unfortunate. There's a couple people like yeah. We never really got to see Hulk actually fight Thanos in a in a more in a rematch, which was unfortunate. And then we never got to see Drax get even close, I think, to Thanos and actually try to fight him. Right. Uh, yeah. So I yeah, and that's the thing. Like it would have been, I don't know. And I, and I get as for like the story points perspective of like how the MCU was built. Yeah, I understand. A lot of people wanted a lot of people wanted a piece of Thanos. I mean, honestly, I, I I appreciate the 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 brief moment where Wanda got to fight Thanos more than I would have maybe the Drax one. Oh yeah. That was a yeah, yeah. that was a you know like but that's what you kind of would have wanted. Like there's one moment where you get to see okay now Drax gets his shot because he's got a history there and they can use it, but it's okay. Yeah, and I mean, and the other thing too though is like we, the three characters that we stuck from from the beginning, right, was was uh, Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America. Like it was from, and you know, during that scene in Endgame where the three of them like went at it was uh, Thanos was just so satisfying to see, right? Cause yeah, yeah. Those are the most beloved main characters that we we grew up with, so it's like, it's there for the movies. So we're like, so yeah, let's you know have them go at it with him so i thought that was kind of again like for the writing purposes and points it made sense why they went in that direction yeah so but but yeah i mean but going back to like david tisa being like a you know i think he like i i don't know if you remember seeing um blade runner 2099 or yeah no, so blade runner 2049 uh he played a small role but the guy can act so yeah, he can he could be more serious. I mean, like remember that Valley of the Dead movie we watched? Was it Valley of the Dead? The yeah, Zack yeah, Snyder the zombie dead. movie? Army yeah, of the Dead. Army of the Dead. I like that movie. He was a little more serious than that. Yeah. yeah. So I just feel like at the end of the day with like that whole interview and the controversy, I feel like I don't think his interpretation of that was too like insult the rock for some reason i don't know but everyone's like twisting it to where like no i'm sure you want it i mean everyone wants it to sound like an insult i think it's just like he doesn't want to do drax a million times that's what he's saying he doesn't want to do like a goofy character the goofy strong guy over and over again because he could do that right if he wanted to he totally could i'm sure there's enough movies that he could do that same role every two two years someone would probably pay him for it and the movies would do well enough Yep, yep, yep. So we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um but yeah, any more thoughts on the the DC universe cinematic universe stuff? No, I just I don't know. I just want I I just want to see it. I know people are I'm excited I guess I'm excited to see what James Gunn's releases, but I just like again, like I just want to get it past the other side. Like I want to get this fucking flash movie done so I can physically <laughs> confirm what's happening like because i think james gunn in the next couple of weeks is probably going to announce a few of them according uh, that's what yeah. he said on twitter um 
but I just want that movie. I just want that movie done so I can at least see it because I did really want to see Michael Keaton again and like I just want to see what the fuck it is because it's been like just pushed back. It's it should have been out so long ago at this point. Like What's even like even during the pandemic. Even, but even ignoring COVID, like it should have been out. I think by now, like there was a date that they pushed back, and then I think for strategic reasons to make everything make sense, they had to do it again. Like 2022 was supposed to be a huge year for the DC all of these movies were supposed to already come out in 2022 they had a fucking super bowl ad about how this was the year of the DC expanded universe and <laughs> none of those movies came out god except black adam i, I guess i know that's that, that's, that's the thing where like i don't understand like the, the disorganization and like the disruption or whatever is going on over there you know with all the changes from like discovery buying Warner brothers and you know DC being part of the Warner brothers and everything so it's just kind of it's just been interesting and like semi-entertaining seeing what happens with that. You know, I feel like I feel like there's a story within itself of how crazy that whole production company and everything's working. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, hopefully they stick with this June release date. And I will so, say this June. the story that I want to see in the Justice League that I would kill for that I think they should go for first instead of going for Dark Side or Brainiac is Tower of Babel, which would be great. And Tower of Babel was a story about how, like, Batman secretly had, like, a method to take out every single Justice Leaguer in the Batcave, and someone steals them all. Um, so right. the bad guy's the person who stole them all, but, like, Batman is then ostracized from the Justice League as a repercussion because everyone's like, what the fuck, Bruce? Like, you had a weapon to kill us all, like, in the Batcave? But I think that would be an incredible story. It's a great Justice League story. I think that would be awesome because it's like this, you know, it's a cool way to like, you know, show how to take them all down individually. It's really threatening, but then it's also it came from within them and stuff. And like, I don't know, I think Tower of Babel would be a great kind of first thing to build to as opposed to like if they go to dark side too quickly, it's, you know, it's it's tough to navigate, I think, because dark side so resembles Thanos, which is ironic because Thanos was a copy of Darkseid. Yeah. So, well, I mean, again, why well, I'm excited to like maybe for maybe James Gunn to be, you know, like kind of re revamping this is maybe he'll go through a different direction of like not not like necessarily like orig origin stories, but like rebuilding the relationships, right, with new characters and amongst each other, like. One of my favorite things about the Avengers movies is how they all met and how they, like, all were, like, how the different kind of personalities kind of, like, crashed and then what later on mixed well and everything. So it'd be kind of cool for, which I think James Gunn is a fantastic writer to, like, kind of do those things because, like, we saw that with the Guardians movie. We saw that with the Suicide Squad movie. So I'm hoping that we can kind of see that further grow in the DC universe and like that particular comic like you said I think that would be like an awesome like reintroduction you know uh for you know what's an awkward relationship with Batman and all that kind of deal so we'll see we'll see um but yep. anyways all right we'll leave it at that for the DC talk and we'll go on to things that we've uh things that you know since we've been watching and stuff, I watched a couple things. I watched a few things, um, but I'll let you go first, Andrew. So what have I been watching? So let's see. First is, um, so this is cool. So in in Europe, like I said, uh, Disney Plus is kind of combined with Hulu. So lots of Hulu originals um, are also now on Disney Plus. 
here. I watched Dope Sick. I don't know if you've heard of this. This is about the opioid crisis in America. It's a year old, though, and it was a Hulu original. One season. It's got a bunch of great actors in it. Michael Keaton's in it. He plays a doctor. Um, Rosario Dawson's in it. Uh, she plays like a, like a government agent doing an investigation into the, the opioid epidemic and the the pharmaceutical company that was kind of responsible for it. Super good, really good acting. Um, really interesting story about like this fucked up company and how they were responsible for the opioid crisis in America. Solid eight episodes. Uh, Michael Keaton was great, which made me want to see his Batman again. Uh, he did a really good job in it. And, and, and you know, it actually led me to think this is maybe a, you know, kind of maybe a hot take, but I'm kind of thinking, you think it's fair? Like, there's a lot of really awesome original Hulu shows, and I wonder if, like, Hulu is now becoming better than HBO at creating those, like, one-season dramas that HBO is still really, really good at. But I think Hulu has a lot of them, and I've been watching a couple of them recently. What's funny is that they're both under the same, like, Warner Brothers. I think Hulu is Warner Brothers, HBO is Warner Brothers. Um no, Hulu so, has a 50 percent of Hulu. Well, I don't know. Fifty percent of Hulu is owned by Disney, or though. Oh, shared with Disney. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's why. It's yeah, that's stuff, why. That's so that's why it's on Disney Plus because they have a majority stake ownership of it. Um, but I mean, like, yeah, I I do think I've, I definitely have enjoyed some Hulu originals more recently. Just like uh, the movie uh, Prey was amazing. That was Hulu too. Yeah, you know, and that was a Hulu original. So. There are some, yeah, so I'm like, and there's some shows that I've been interested in watching from Hulu. Like, I still want to see the second season of um, Only Murders in the Building. And then there's also, uh, what's it called? No, uh, Reservations Dogs, something like that. Uh, that's on, that's a Hulu original as well. So yeah. there's a couple things I've been wanting to, to watch on, on that, yeah. too. So so that was good. I like that. Um, and then the other thing, so you watched this one, too. This is the only other one before I, I jump into Avatar, I guess, after you. <laughs> Uh, okay. watched the the Del Toro Pinocchio movie on Netflix, which yeah, I liked. I think I, it was like a high good, like a strong good, but there were some, I don't know, weird things in it. I mean, you gotta you gotta enjoy some of the weirdness when it comes with uh, Guillermo Del Toro. Um, I do, and I one thing I always love about his his things, I love his aesthetics and stuff. I love his like creature design things design you know like i just i definitely liked the world that he that he builds and this is a you know pretty heartwarming film uh but also dark at the same time you know just because it started off really we both know you know like this was the start of like spoilers but the start of his like you know the start was his you know geppetto losing um his kid so it's like really crazy to it was really nice it was a a strong, like a really crazy start just be like yeah here's the kid and now he's not there so um but yeah no i definitely which i don't know I, I, I didn't quite find that first part as emotionally impactful which is maybe why i just said the movie was a strong good i feel like that i don't know i didn't i don't know i just didn't think it was like i think i compared to like things like this to up where like it's nuts like up in like what 45 seconds a couple minutes was like literally just like holy fuck, I feel so bad for this guy. It's like the you know the way they did that was super super impressive and like emotionally resonant with the audience. But then right. this, and even though it took like maybe a little longer, maybe like twenty minutes or so, twenty five minutes. I don't know. By the end of it, I was just like, I don't know. It's sad that this guy lost his kid, but like I don't, 
I didn't feel it in the same way that I would have anticipated feeling it. So it made the rest of the movie, I think, a little more tough. But. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, I guess you know I understand it's like well, dang, but um, but yeah. But it was good. The the, but, the puppetry was was really cool. All right, what else you got? I think for me that well, that's it. I'll go on to Avatar, but maybe we should do what you watched first. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> um, speaking of like death in the family, uh, I watched uh, Wendell and Wild. Which is the opposite. It's about a girl who loses uh, her, you know, loses her parents in this in the very beginning of the beginning of the very beginning of the movie. Which I'm like, all right, cool. We're just gonna start like this. Uh, and throughout, like, the movie's pretty cool. Like she she um, tries to make a deal with some demons to get her parents to come back, right? Because she wants her parents back, and she, you know, is an orphan and everything. So it's a really it was a really cool story, and I think it's the same company that's made like uh, Coraline, uh, Keep on the Two Strings, and all the and Box Trolls and all that. So I always do appreciate what they put out. Um, some cause, you know, and some of them have been kind of like have been kind of like a, a more like a miss, but for this one, this one was really well done. Uh, Jordan Peele, Michael Keegan P were where the producers and were involved in this project. So it's kind of cool. And like Angela Bassett was also in this. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it was really great to, um, it was a, it was a good movie to watch. So I highly recommend it. And the soundtrack for me was actually surprisingly really, really good too. So just throwing that one out there. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this beforehand, but I watched um, two horror films that were like, or the sequel and, and I guess prequel now. Um, called uh, X and Pearl. Uh, so very, very weird, but good horror movies. Um, I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe them because they both, they both revolve around, um, revolve around like, a, the first one revolves around like a, a team of, you know, like a filmmaker, like a crew that wants to make a, an adult film in like a barn uh, during the 70s. Right and how close would, is this movie to Nick and Nora make a porno? Uh, I think is it Zach and Mary? That's the the you're talking about the the uh, what's it called the Kevin Smith movie? No, no, no. The one with Seth Rogen. Was that the same yeah, one? That, yeah. Oh, that's okay, I didn't know that was a Kevin Smith movie. Wasn't that Nick and Nora or no? Or something else? No, 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 no. It was Zach and Mary. Zach and Mary. Okay. How yeah. close is it to that movie, Andy? It was very far from from that. Uh, that definitely, yeah. You know, it was a uh, different decades. This is the X was made in the seventies, uh, uh, and yeah, just I don't know how to describe it without spoiling it, right? But yeah, like it's a, a small group of people who want to make an adult film at a farm, and just the people who live at the farm who rented it out were like are just they're weird old people, um, and it does have to do with like. Uh, you know, sexual like um, like uh, what's it called? You're, you know, sexual deprivation and everything like that, or whatever. And like, it was just it, I don't know. It was um, it was an interesting movie to watch. Uh, but the I forgot her name, but the the actress who plays Wednesday, uh, uh, Laura God, I forgot her name. But yeah, she she's in it and stuff and like. 
also uh, Kid Cudi's in it too. So like a lot of good actors are in it too. Same with like uh, so it's interesting. I don't know, you know. So and then the prequel came out of the called Pearl, which is even takes time further back, like in the 40s or 30s or whatever. Um, was the one of the main characters from the the movie. So yeah. So uh, the reason why I'm interested in this is because the director slash writer he wrote out basically a trilogy and he's having one movie come out a year which is insane which is like you rarely see that so it was kind of cool to um see that because ti west is what his uh the name is the writer director so he kind of wrote these three films and he's like i think he found all of them or whatever so he uh yeah so he he's gonna have the third one come out at some point this year uh which i forgot what the name's called but so that was that one thing, and then I forgot one other thing I, that I mentioned that I ended up watching. But I think that's pretty much it. The next one is something that we're gonna talk about, uh, which is Glass Onion. Um, but yeah, so right. you, you want to um, hear about Avatar, Andy? Yes, please. I want to hear every detail about your Avatar experience. I don't know. It's a fine movie, actually. Like the movie, but I think that's actually why it's not a great movie. It's it should be better. This movie should be better than Fine, I think. But I think also that's one of the reasons why it's so successful. Um, well, I'll start first. I went to a super fancy movie theater to go see it because it was so fucking long. So have you ever been to those theaters that like they have like a waiter or something come up to you and they like serve you shit beforehand? Once. Once. So I went to one of those ones uh, in Madrid. Um, nice. The funny thing, too, is they had all sorts of fancy shit on the menu, but I only still ordered popcorn and candy and soda. <laughs> like, good. They had all like... Right. They had like steak tartare and like taquitos and like I don't know <laughs> weird shit on it. I just can't imagine like eating steak tartare for some reason at the movie theater. It's so funny. <laughs> but I I ordered I ordered popcorn, peanut M and M's because I'm I'm not an animal and I don't order normal M and M's like weird people. Yeah. Um, I mean peanut M and M's are the best ones. So they're yeah. the best one. It's clearly the, yeah. oh, well. I, actually, I I really like the peanut butter ones, but you can't find those ones in Europe. But the peanut M and M's are great. Yeah, those are, those are the the high the, the high ranking ones. You know, peanut butter. I would I do like them, but uh, the yeah, you, the peanut ones are the best one. Yeah, so so I had that, um, and the, I had the big chairs, you know, that are really comfortable and like the they they lean back and the footrest and everything. Um, but the thing is, is like, so I I watched like a ten minute video to summarize like the first Avatar because I couldn't remember anything about it. Um, besides like that, I didn't really like ago? it. Yeah, it was like 13 <laughs> years ago. Besides, that, I didn't really like it. So this is a continuation of the same of the same story, pretty much. It's just like the the military guy is like effectively. Do you mind if I spoil this for you? Do you care? Sam, any parts of the no. spoilers? No. I won't. I won't do too much. But anyway, so the military <laughs> guy is in it again. He is in an avatar body because he died in the first one. Not that you'd remember he died in the first one because it came out 13 years ago. So he's in an avatar body now and he's like hunting them. And effectively the premise is, is that instead of the humans just mining um, material from the planet, they just, they just want to colonize the planet now instead. They're just like, nope, we're just going to full blown colonize this planet for humans, but we're still getting problems with the Navi. So they didn't even mention unobtainium, which I thought was funny because it's so fucking dumb. They decided to not even mention it again. 
Um, and they're, they're looking for like other resources from the planet and they want to bring, I think more humans in there and they're like effectively building civilizations for humans, but like the Navi are kind of fighting them off as like, uh, you know, not terrorist organizations cause it's their fucking, it's their planet. Right. And it's their ecosystem that they're living in, but the humans would describe them as terrorists at this point. Like they're like bombing trains and shit and, and stealing resources from the humans. Right. And then, so, like, the main character, he gets really worried, and they they go off. They just leave. They go off the map, and then there's a confrontation between them because the humans are still trying to find them and stuff. I mean, the thing is, is, like, the movie's cool, I think, and it has, like, interesting things to say, but it doesn't say them very well. And the best thing about the movie is just, like, learning about how the Navi live. And then there's this annoying, like, conflict between the humans that is totally not interesting. But, like, it's interesting to see the Navi living because in this one they go live with Navi that are, like, more, like, aquatic-based. It's kind of like Legend of Zelda, how you have these different groups of people. Like, you have, like, the mountain people who are, like, adapted for mountains, the fire people, the water people, right? And now they're establishing you have this with the Navi. And I guess James Cameron even said in the next one you'll see fire-adapted people. But these guys, they can hold their breath for longer. Their their tails are kind of, like, shaped differently. Uh, so they're, like, kind of like fins. Yeah, one second, Andrew. Are you telling me that that the next movie is gonna be based off a of fire? Yes. Is that is that what you're saying? That's what they said. I just and he has. I think he said he's gonna do three more uh, of these. Uh, so I think it's gonna be five total. Um, yeah. So. I just, I just, I just, okay. The thing is, is like, I don't know why this has to be a movie about humans fighting them. I don't know why you just couldn't have like a movie about their lives and make another more interesting conflict. The thing is, is I think it has a lot of interesting themes in it, but it does really poor job of talking about them in a way that at least I personally find interesting. And one of the most interesting things I think about the movie that exists is they talk about how like the environment reacts differently. Like they had this flashback to Sigourney Weaver's character from the first one where she's saying like the ecosystem here is different. Like it's very reactive. It's not like Earth's ecosystem. And I think you could have, and I think they're trying to have this commentary on climate change and stuff, right? About how humans are treating the planet and about how like the climate will react. And I guess the interesting thing here is that the climate and the ecosystem can react faster to damage, let's say, and it can have more adverse effects in a faster time period than Earth does. And I think that is a really interesting concept to actually discuss, but it's like, it's not, I don't know, there's not enough there. Like I heard her say it and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then nothing else about it again. And I'm like, oh fuck, that, that was really interesting. And then the other thing about it is, is that I just find so confusing. The movie's three hours long and they totally, I think, fail to convince the audience why the dad, I can't remember the actor's name, but whoever he is, whoever is like the dad who was a human who is now Navi, he's leading like military assaults against the humans. And then at some point in time, he gets too worried about it because he doesn't want his family to die and they just stop and they go into hiding. But they don't spend very much time showing you why he gets so worried. I was like, dude, what did you think was going to happen? Like, you worked for the military as a human. You've been attacking them for months, it looks like, maybe years. And your family's not young, so presumably they've been in trouble before. And, like, you don't take the time to describe, like, what his really worry is and, like, why he flips so quickly to be like, no, we have to go. We can't live with our normal tribe anymore. And it really reminded me of, like, Star Wars had three fucking movies to describe to us how Anakin follows the dark side and somehow failed, right? 
They didn't adequately yeah. describe to the audience in a way that was convincing or emotional or anything why Anakin lost faith in the, the in the Jedi. And that was the point. That was the entire point of the prequel trilogy. And they didn't do it. So I'm just like sitting here and I'm just like, I don't know why you couldn't do that in a three hour movie, but you could have like literally at the end a 40 minute action scene. But you couldn't describe to me why the guy was here in the first place kind of thing. So. I thought that was weird, but overall, like the movie's enjoyable to watch. And I think that's kind of why it does so well. Like you can put the movie in China. No one complains, right? There's nothing weird about it. There's nothing weird about the movies that China doesn't want to ban, but there's nothing like that. The Chinese government finds objectionable about it. So you can play it there. I think I'm surprised like the movie does so well, but I, it doesn't seem like it's being like actively discussed as like a water cooler kind of thing. Like, I don't think I get to see this movie and go talk to my friends about it so much. Like even after the movie, we talked about it for like five minutes. We're like, oh, that was cool. And that was it. So I think that's why it does so well. Like, it's just, it's an incredibly unoffensive, above average science fiction movie that looks very very marvelous i would say and those yeah i mean and that's one of the reasons why i want to see because i'd like to see how visually how it would how it looks in the big screen so i have tinker with the idea of like no i mean like i do want to see it because i want to see it like in the big screen uh i just haven't found time to do it uh and the friends that i tried playing it out like it just kind of fell through um but my, I'm still stuck on this, Andrew. Like, the guy's making a movie, one of water, one of fire. And I swear to God, if he does earth and air, I'm going to be so mad. Because we already have Well, so the tribe they did, I guess. Yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty much Avatar, the last airbender now. So the tribe he did was, I guess, the forest tribe. That's where they originally lived. I don't think they made any mention. I can't remember in that movie if there were other tribes that were so, like, They're, physiologically but... different. Um, and if he didn't, then that means there's going to be room for that. And I swear to God, if there's this one Avatar guy who can, like, live in all four environments or whatever elements, I'm going to be so mad, okay? Because he's clearly just <laughs> reusing the last Airbender concept, and I'm just going to be so, yeah, I'm just like, uh It's funny, because I think there's so many concepts here he could use that are so much more interesting. I mean, like, you could make, I just... I don't know. I just find the conflict with humans so uninteresting, but the Navi are really cool. So it's like, I don't know. You could just make a movie about the Navi living and some other interpersonal societal conflict amongst them. And it would probably be far better. You could make a romantic comedy about this and it would be probably better. Like yeah. anything, anything would be better, I think, than what they're doing with this boring thing between the Navi and the humans. Because, I mean, there's plenty of stuff they could say, but I feel like they just don't want to say it. So they take this very kind of like middle of the road, very obvious to interpret. Also, it's most egregious offense. Again, remember how they had that dumbass scene with the guy bench pressing at the beginning of the yeah. first one? Because yeah. there's like low, there's like low gravity and they want to stay strong, which is stupid because you should be doing something besides bicep curls if you want to stay strong. Um, of course, of course. But in this one, they have a bunch of people in avatars going on a mission and they had someone bicep curling on the fucking on the ship and i was like you're literally an avatar person like you're one of the navi you're super fucking strong like why do you have this like 20 pound dumbbell that you're just sustaining shape okay andrew i don't get so dumb i was just like dude like you're already it'd be like getting put into the body of 
of a fucking mermaid and then like practicing some kind of dumb thing to get better at swimming. And it's like, no, you're a fucking mermaid. Like you're already really good at this. Like you should go practice. Like you don't need to practice swimming. Like you're a mermaid. Okay, Andrew, you have to run. You have to walk before you run, Andrew. Okay. I thought that was hilarious. And I was like, I don't know if they put that in there intentionally because they had that dumbass scene with him bench pressing or what. But... <laughs> oh, God. I just, I laugh at the thing that you pick out. It's, it's great. It's, it's great. so, I, so, I don't know. I feel like that was noticeable for me. But anyway, I don't know. I think it's no, a fine movie. Sure. I give it like a, I give it like a high seven. It's an enjoyable movie. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm still interested because, like, you know, because it has a lot of buzz. It's already like, it's nominated for Best Picture already for Golden Globes. And I'm not surprised. If it will be not, you know, I won't be surprised if it's going to be nominated for Best Picture for Oscars, you know. Uh, so I just do not want to see this movie sweep, but I have a feeling that it will. Uh, oh, it's already probably like close to two billion by now. Oh, I mean, last yeah. time I checked, it was at like one point five, and that was like a week ago, maybe. Oh yeah, it's going to reach over two two billion. Like I'm not, you know, again, I think it's it's a uh, world grow like. For the the, ro- the world grossing, I think it's gonna make over two two billion because it's like you said, it is a safe family mo- big family movie that looks that's visually stunning, so it's gonna do well, you know. So so it's at one point one point seven billion. Yeah, yeah, it will it will it will make yeah, it, and it's probably gonna stay in the theaters like. If I remember correctly, like it's it stayed Avatar stayed the first one stayed in the theater for like almost half a year. It seems like uh, it stayed. I'm in sure the, it'll it stay in theaters now long because yeah. there's not a lot of other stuff, right? I mean, there's small stuff. The movie, the cinema thing, the way movie works are, or this is an interesting conversation, and maybe it'll tailor into Glass Onion actually. I think it's interesting, and then maybe I think they're kind of devising some new models that could work, like. So Glass Onion played in theaters for a couple of weeks and then went to Netflix only, which is kind of an interesting model because it would be nice if more movies could be in theaters that were available for streaming for people who want to go see them early, I guess. And that helps movie theaters because otherwise the movie theaters, they're like really strapped because like, you know, a lot of these, you know, the bigger the bigger budget, uh, I assume, producers only want to make things that can make above certain thresholds. I don't know what those numbers looks like, but it's probably like these really big, close to billion dollar things. So then like your kind of tentpole cinema places, like they're just not going to get a lot of stuff because there's so much competition with streaming now. So like, it's kind of a cool model, I think, to maybe put stuff in theaters for like, it's just going to be a month. It's just going to be three weeks, two weeks, whatever. Yeah. Um. I wonder what the new model will be, because I'd be interested, right, to see what's going to be the new thing that's going to help, you know, because back then, if a movie didn't succeed in in theaters, the next thing that it would that would help out would be DVD sales, right? Uh, which so, you don't get directly don't have, anymore, right? Like now, which you don't get. You yeah. just pay for the you pay, you pay a licensing fee, I guess. Like so, you'll earn money on a licensing fee, but that licensing fee is probably like this is the weird thing. It's probably like partially determined how well it did in theaters but some things might do much better on streaming like uh black adam did really well on streaming like everyone who had an account watched it which is beneficial right but then it's hard to assess if it did anything did it actually generate new revenue for the 
a streaming service. But and that's and that's what I mean, right? Because like that, and that's what I mean by like how by creating more revenue, right? With DVD sales slash rentals, a movie could could bounce back. Now, for a movie that flops in the theater, it is much harder to flop or much harder to to like make up to be successful because down the, down a couple months we're like, well, I didn't see it in theaters. Now let me catch it in streaming for free or for my pay that I for do free. once a month. Yeah, basically yeah, free, free in quotations. Like it's not really free, but like you already have the account, so yeah. So you already have the account, so you just you're just streaming it. So like, how much more money does that movie make and everyone involved in it? Not that much, right? So I mean. It's, it's it's interesting. I I would be curious to see where this goes, right? Whether or not like whether the theaters are gonna hurt so much to where like either we're gonna see in our lifetime the death the death of theaters, which I hope we don't see, but it might come to the point where like, hey, you know, Disney's gonna have this movie, so here you go. You're gonna be, you know, you can now rent it for twenty bucks, right? Uh like they did with the premiere access. Oh, if you wanna watch it early pay us 30 bucks for premier access and you can watch it yeah uh, for this they don't do those anymore do... i no, think they should just put them in theaters I, I like the idea of the theater thing like would you have gone to see yeah. glass onion in theaters if it was near you yeah i would have yeah 100 percent um but i also had a good experience watching it from home because i watched it. it was one of the things i got to do with my parents like i my so for watching Last Onion, I my parents never saw the first one, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is great. Like the first one's great, uh, and the sequel just came out on Netflix, and so like, all right, well let's check out the first one. They loved the first one, and it was still early in the day, or like it was like maybe around like seven. So like, hey, like let's just knock out the second one because we're really you know we were really excited. Uh, they were really pumped from the first one, so then we watched the second one, and again it was just convenient and and nice to like watch it from our home. Um, so, so I mean, I get the benefits and again, I'm a huge fan of like going out to the theater, experiencing something on the big screen and having that, those moments, you know, um, so I hope to continue. I mean, and again, I don't think it's going to be as dramatic as the movie theaters dying or anything like that, but I think there's going to be like a new model that we'll see introduced of what to do, you know? No, but yeah, so, they definitely need they need alternative revenue sources or like automation. I don't know what they need. I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, I worked at a movie theater, and like, yeah, most of the most of the money they even make is not from ticket sales. It's from people buying stuff to at the movie, yeah, which is maybe they can renegotiate. I don't know if they can renegotiate ticket sales in any way. If there's leverage, they probably don't have an immense amount of leverage there. Um, no. But it was mostly concessions. I mean, it does. I don't know. It's tough. It's a tough industry to figure out how to make that work in a way. That is innovative, I think. So, yeah, but we'll see. we'll see. I mean, I'm curious to see. We'll see down the road, and then we'll, you know, we'll we'll talk about it. So, yeah. Um. So now that you mentioned it, let's just get into uh, Glass Onion. Uh, or yeah, Knives Out, Glass Onions. Which I so, I reject the, the naming. I think they should have just gone with Glass Onion, but. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's like the Knives Out series because you're still having they, um. They, yeah, they want to. They want a franchise. I get it. They want a franchise. That's that's okay. It was interesting too because uh, it was kind of cool to see because um, 
he Ryan Johnson, the the director, he's just kind of like, well, I didn't know it was gonna be this successful, so it's like they asked if I can write it, you know. So I got excited, so I was able to write a sequel for it, which I'm like, oh sweet. Um, but yeah, so I was, so yeah, a huge component. So let me share the synopsis. Yeah. Again, this was written and directed by Ryan Johnson, which he has done now both Knives Out and then this one. Um, so I guess like the plot summary real quick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Southern detective uh, Binot Blanc travels to Greece for his latest uh, case. Um, I guess, it's, yeah, that's like... That's what I. That's what IMDb. Is that really just the, that's the IMDb de, uh, description? That's yeah. it is. It's accurate. Right, it's, it's technically the truth. Yeah. Um. Uh, I mean, the cast is pretty nuts in this one too. I think the cast is even more star-studded than the first. Maybe just read off a couple of the main ones. Yeah. I mean, obviously Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc. We have Edward Norton, who's always great in everything he does. Kate Hudson, Dave Bautista, uh, Janelle Domain, uh Catherine Hahn. Uh, who again she is uh what's her, what's her, what was her character and she's getting her Hagasa Hagasa yeah Agatha Agatha and yeah. I love her from Parks and Rec she has an incredible minor role yes. and maybe like 10 episodes of Parks and Rec We have uh we have random like amazing cameos right cuz we have Ethan Hawke show up we have Hugh Grant show up um but besides that we have other awesome uh, like actors too, like uh, Leslie O'Donnell Jr., also great. Uh, Jessica Henswick, uh, who was in Iron Fist, who I think was probably the best part of Iron Fist. She should have she should have been yeah. Iron Fist to be honest. Um, so great, 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 great cast. I I love everyone who uh, was involved in this. Um, but yeah, what were your yeah. first uh, take on it? First take, okay, so overall, I really enjoyed watching it. I, I liked it just, I think, as much as the first one. I will say, though, I like the journey. I'm not incredibly satisfied with the ending, but I think everything up until the last, like, five minutes, totally great. Yeah, I like the whole thing, too. I was, you know what, like, I could see why. I kind of just bought into, like, the last bit of it, right? Because it was kind of cool to see, you know, like, uh, and, we'll, and, that, and we'll talk about it more in spoilers, but more in spoilers. But yeah, I can kind of see why. But I did, I did enjoy, and I bought into what what was given. So it re- it yeah. reminds me a lot of only murderers in the building. Like as you go along, there's all these drops that continue to maintain your attention. And you're like, oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? And there's all this like intentional misdirection. It's very you know, well-written and cool. But then, like, the resolution is a bit unsatisfying, let's say. I will say the resolution in the first one was more satisfying, but this one, um, it reminded me of the the resolution of the second season of um, Only Murders in the Building, which the entire season was great, but then when you discover the killer, right, it's it was, let's say, slightly disappointing. Gotcha. Uh, and again, like I 100% agree. Like the first knives out, like the ending was way much more satisfying, uh, in the way that it was done. And I think it's because Ryan Johnson had more more time to to you know more time writing that one. And like you know he spent a lot of I think yeah I don't know how much but he said he spent a lot of time writing that first one. 
which, you know, and for this one to come out within the next, like, two years uh, was incredible uh, for him to be able to, to write something up like that. I mean, and part of it could be, like, the, like kind of the hangover effect, right? Like, it's hard to follow up it because you know the premise, so you're kind of expecting something out of it. Yeah. Like, that first yeah. hangover movie was incredible, but then it, like, it's hard for that second one to live up to that first one. For sure. And which is, like, you know... Uh, the, the, I wish, I mean, the second one should have been shorter and, like, it was going to be, like, the same gimmick, like, oh, we lost so-and-so again. <laughs> we lost you know? him again. Yeah, so I'm like, that was great. That's funny. Like, I love the premise already, but, like, you know, I don't think it should have taken as long. Um, but, like you said, I know, I agree. Like, I, and again, there's there's a whole genre category for this. It's like, you know, the whodunit. Um, but I did like how it was, like, a different kind of twist, and I did like, like you said, like, 95% of it was amazing. And I was okay with the the ending, you know. Um, but yeah, I guess let's get into let's just get into the spoilers and start discussing like some of the main aspects of this. Um, so I was so confused but so intrigued with like the whole stupid boxing with the given the beginning of the film and how they like have to solve each like puzzle or whatever. Um, that was pretty creative to see, but. My favorite, but at least some of my, one of my favorite things about this movie at the very end, um, which we'll get into. But yeah, it involves you know like these friends to go to. How, would you say this guy is like Edward Norton's character Miles Braun? Would Would you think he would be more like an Elon Musk kind of person? Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, it's funny. Like I thought that for, I was under the impression that there was probably less of a political undertone to this one. But like, I think definitely the political undertone of this one is like rich assholes, like like billionaire assholes. I think probably is the undertone. I would like say the, billionaire. I don't the, yeah. the commentary. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, billionaire asshole would make would make uh, would make more sense. But yeah, Miles. Uh, yeah, Brian. but I think this guy's like easy Elon Musk, uh, Jeff Bezos, you know, whatever kind of analog person. I mean, it really right. reminds me. So I work a lot in I, I I physically work in venture capital, and there's a scene where they're describing like the and what what was the company they worked for? What was the name of it again? The club or whatever. I don't remember that in detail. The disruptors, okay. whatever that was, the disruptors. But like, I must admit, like the way that they, I mean, the way they parodied that was like spot on. Like this silly notion of like looking for disruptive technology and blah 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 like it's exactly what like the way the way that venture capitalists always portray things is, is somewhat like i think very annoying sometimes like some things truly are very disruptive but like when everything is always portrayed as like this is the latest disruptive technology it just it so quickly is comes off as like incredibly disingenuous you're like I, this is not disruptive like man like this is not revolutionary it's helpful sure it's beneficial it will help people it's cool it's interesting but like the true notion of, of i think whatever disruptive is doesn't really exist because people so broadly apply it to everything they're doing in order to sell like their venture capital company or their their investments that they're making so i thought like the little parody they did there with edward norton at the pool describing how they all met and whatever was like super funny kind of like criticism of like rich people who think they're doing like incredibly brilliant disruptive work when in reality it's just like okay man like you're like a rich asshole who got a crap ton of money and like you're doing some interesting things but like okay let's not let's not you know this let's not hype it as, to the extent that you're hyping it this is this is totally like ridiculous in comparison to what it is that you're making so i thought that yeah. was really and it was it was very accurate i think 
So it was, yeah. So which is what I appreciated about this. Like it definitely had, like you said, the political uh, undertones there. But uh, it was, it was cool to see the dynamic and how it was all brought together. Again, the way that these, all these characters were made, I like loved all of them. Like Dave Batista being like a popular Twitch streamer, uh, having yeah, a partner named fun. Whiskey. I thought it was perfect. I love again. And he's like the classic. Like I have to own the libs guy, which is funny. Yeah. Yep, yep, and so I'm just like, this is so great to to see happen, um, and also like you know, it's the the political tone of each character. Like, there's just it was really well realistic, just like with Kate Hudson's uh, character, Bertie J, and like the whole sweatpants stuff. Uh, so I thought it was just <laughs> that was so great. funny when they said you didn't think sweatshops was where sweatpants were made, did you? Yep, yep, and she's like, what? Uh, it was again greatly executed. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's so funny. We can, like go so much into the details, but like yet yeah, it's so simple. Like I just it's clue just right? go around. Yeah, it's clue. Which they also reference and make fun of it because uh, you know the main character Benjamin uh, Blanc, like he he hates the game, and I thought it was hilarious that he was playing Among Us as a detective, and he like also sucked at it um but he's still this like glorified detective in the real world which that was amazing yeah um, no and i liked it and this one had i don't think the other one had this cool thing where like this cool fake out where like the first half of the movie you're under a certain impression that he didn't know he was supposed to be there and then the second half of the movie is a description maybe like third let's say second third is a description of how he was like undercover the entire time and it was all a setup. So I thought that was cool, right? Because it's this thing where it's like it's always keeping you engaged because they're changing everything, but they're changing it all in a way that like the dots are all connecting and you're trying to predict the future dots, I guess. So that was that was cool. I like the the setup of that. Like you think he's there on accident, by accident, and then they explain why he's really not and then they wrap it up. No, and I and I like you said I loved the like the twist, like you know, the different kind of each twist that happens, right? Was Daniel Craig's character not supposed to be there, right? But but picking it out, saying like, oh, well, like I got this invitation, because you know, Aaron, you know, Edward Orange's character is like, well, like you weren't really invited. It's like, well, I got a box. It's like, you know, and then switches to where like, hey, I think you're in danger. To at the end of it, you know, like it was actually like him trying to get Edward Orange to like be seen as the asshole and the bad guy who ended up, you know, getting getting uh andy's uh, sister twin sister killed um yeah because i was i will say great what do you think about the i mean this is an interesting thing i've never really know if i've seen this done in like a murder mystery context in this way but the conceit that they physically changed like they they changed the recollection of edward norton's character switching the drinks with dave batista which made sense technically, right? Because they recalled it and then they go to a flashback, but the audience is not really under the impression until they change it that the narrator is, let's say, dishonest, right? Because sometimes you're watching a TV show and you just, for whatever reason, like the narrator may be dishonest and you can kind of sometimes guess that. But we didn't know the narrator was dishonest until we're told, no, that's what you think you all saw. You didn't see it. This is what actually happened. Right. 
Uh, which I mean, I think, and when you play your hat tricks like that, I think it, I'm fine. If I'm fine with it, because I didn't see it coming, right? To be like, oh, you didn't notice this part when it was in front of you the whole time, you know? So I definitely appreciated it. And it's the same thing too. It's like we have a scene where, uh, you know, Andy, like I, you didn't know she was a twin until later on, yeah. and you see her character get shot because there's another, you know, like someone shoots her. We don't know who, and um. She gets shot, and you actually think she's dead. But then you keep keep going back to, like, you know, making it part of, you know, them, you know, again, him being on his feet, the main guy being on his feet real quick, of like, all right, well, let's take make let's take this to our advantage, you know, and everything and making it work that way. Uh, and just by being lucky, too, because she could have actually died. Um, but, uh, but no, it was fun. And my favorite thing, too, is that, like, the rich asshole, you know, Miles' character, like, I think it's just, it just was fantastic to make him, like, an idiot. Like, he just got lucky. Um, so. Which I think is often, I like, it's, it's, it's often very true. Like, a lot, and it's, it's, it's fine to admit it. It's totally fine to admit that, like, some of the wealthiest people on the planet are potentially wealthy or very likely wealthy because they started out with a shit ton of money and had a lot of support and, you know, intelligently use their money to generate more money. It's totally fine to admit that. Like, it's not a big deal. You know? Yeah. Like, but the whole thing where he, like, you know, where Bignot Blanc's character was literally giving him ideas of how to make this, you know, to his advantage. Like, the power outage, right? Taking, taking the gun, you know, giving yeah. David Cista the pineapple juice. I just thought it was like, Daniel, you know, he's like, you know, Chris character's like, I can't believe how dumb you are and that I gave you some of these ideas. Um, Do you think so anyone is cool. that severely allergic to pineapple juice? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Some people, I mean, some people can have, I mean, I would say yes. I don't know how the, how... Just like with peanut butter allergies, right? Peanut with nut allergies, like your throat will will close, right? Um, so it depends, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it can be a thing, and you know, so you know, so, I mean, in this case, this character, yeah, severely allergic to to pineapple. Yeah. But, um, no. So I will say, so like the thing that I was a little dissatisfied with at the end is it just like at the end, it just turns out that it's Edward Norton. And you're like, oh, OK, I guess like that all makes sense. I don't know why, yeah. but I find that a little un, like slightly unsatisfying, like that. It it was just him. Maybe I was expecting something different, like some big other. But they've already done so many different mis, misdirections and, and revelations and connections and stuff. Maybe it's just because that one didn't feel as big as everything leading up to it. Right. And that, that's why I was like, you know, again, it's never the first person you suspect, right? Which, like, was Andy's character. Like, she was very quiet, dismissive, and, like, cold. And you're like, oh, it's probably her trying to kill her friends for being the one getting screwed over. But no, it was much different than that. And, like, there was reason for that, too. So I did. Uh, so I did I did appreciate that aspect. And I did, you know, obviously that was like, I didn't, you know, you saw that that was coming where, like, it can't be her. But at the end of it, like, I was also surprised, and I did appreciate that, like, kind of, you know, that that Blanc's character was semi-defeated, that he kind of lost, right? Yeah, that's true. But the, the, the last trick was, like, you know, this guy's an asshole, you gotta just, you know, 
destroy what he has and turn his, you know, have his friends turn on him, which was, you know, the last bit of it, like, made made the group realize how much of an asshole he was. And all that. The Mona Lisa thing was funny, too. That's, like, a little funny bit. I mean, like, you could see it coming once she goes for yeah. it, but it was funny. Yeah. So, but, yeah, no, I, I, again, like I said, I, I enjoyed it. Um, for just, yeah, like it was a. I appreciate this writer, even though I did not like Ryan Johnson's, uh, you know, Star Wars movie. But that's the whole. Well, the thing. only person, <laughs> I think there was a funny article with like a title like Ryan Johnson explains the similarities of uh, of of Star Wars and like the latest uh, Knives Out movie, and like all the comments okay. were like the only similarities are that they're both movies that he happened to make. Yeah. I don't understand the similarities there. That whole casino was unnecessary. The whole casino scene should have had a Anyways. casino in this. This one, this movie was definitely missing a casino scene. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but no, overall good. Um, glad that this came out. He's a good writer and director, and the whole cast was amazing. But yeah, any final thoughts on it? No, it's good. How many more of these are they making? Have they announced that? I don't. It depends on. I mean, I do like the fact that it's that it's only going to be, uh, you know, Benya Blanc's character being the the main guy in the cases that he handles. So it depends on how much uh, how much Ryan Johnson wants to write this whodunit movies. He might want to do a trilogy. I think he might have mentioned, but I don't think it'd go beyond a trilogy, right? Depending on how much he wants to. I can't even imagine having to work forwards and backwards when when making a whodunit movie you know because you have to work you know as you're writing it you got to work backwards and to cover the tracks of like anything that you could have missed or seen you know or could yeah get caught or whatever you know what i mean to make it make it make sense and make it work and like to mislead to you know how to how to make the twist the, the plot twist work in your favor and all that kind of deal so yeah, definitely better than the uh, Orient Express ones they were trying to do, which were not that successful. So, yeah. No, but they're having their heyday. I guess you have this and uh, Only Murders in the Building. So like- That's true. I got to still got to watch the second season of Only Murders in the Building. Um, so, and I do like that cast too. Um, so, I'll I'll try to make some time for that as well. You should do a crossover. That should be the third one. A crossover movie between Only Murders in the Building and Knives Out. <laughs> it's what everyone wants to not... see. Is everyone they just want to see crossovers now, Andy. I that's that is true. And we'll get that or maybe in Secret Wars. Knives Out exists in another dimension than Only Murders in the Building. And it's just like a transdimensional jump. Oh my god, Andy, you're gonna make my you're gonna just gonna make my head hurt. What you're trying to do? Like, I just let's just stick with the the superhero movies being multi-universe, multiversal. Yeah, multi multiversal. However you want to say it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess that that's all be it for for Glass Onion. But yeah, to be honest, like again, I don't I don't know if we can mention it, but like I'm actually really excited for this year for for movies. Um. So, like, we have some good stuff down the line. Just, like, going off of Marvel, we have Ant-Man in February, and then we have the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie in May, and then we have the Marvels in the summer. Um, I really want to know, I really want them to announce a release date for Secret Invasion, because I'm really pumped on that one. Like, I really, 
because this could probably I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of Sam Jack. It's got to be one of Sam Jackson's last time playing Nick Fury. But I think they've laid a lot of groundwork for this one. And I think this one's going to be really, really good. Plus, Colby Smulders coming back in again. And um, I think this one could be it's one of the it's the most out of Ant-Man. It's the most anticipated Marvel thing I got. And, and honestly, part of the Ant-Man one is Kang. Like I think if there was another villain in Ant-Man that wasn't Kang, I would be like, OK, Ant-Man's coming out. <laughs> um, I guess my most anticipated thing is obviously Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume 3 so I'm ready to be emotionally destroyed cry and cry some more um, but I'm trying to think of other stuff that we might I mean obviously we're getting the Flash movie hopefully if it doesn't get pulled <laughs> this freaking summer as well I think they'll release uh, it I think it was too expensive to do a write up well, yeah. I think it'll do well three, enough for them I think that the, the 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 Batgirl thing was that they didn't think the movie would perform well enough to rationalize the price, so they would rather yeah. take the loss and write off it as a tax deductible. Yeah. Um, we got another couple things though down the down the road too. Um, what about what about like non superhero movies? You you pay attention to that stuff more than me, Andy. Who we got going? So on we there? have. We I have actually, I'm super impossible. excited for. Uh, for Oppenheimer, I can't wait to see that. Yeah, we'll see. There we go. Oppenheimer is one of them. Other like non-superhero related movies. Oppenheimer is my other most anticipated movie because I love Christopher Nolan. Because I just I don't know why I like his films because they make my brain hurt as well. But I like the way he does it. Um, and he's just a practical director, so I think he just I'll watch whatever he does. Um, and then there's a what was the thing? I was what was I gonna mentioning? Um. God, I, I had it in my head. But Oppenheimer, there's um, the next Mission Impossible uh, is coming out this this year. So I'm excited for that one. And there's another one that's coming out that I that I know that I'm excited. But yeah, basically those are the, the main ones that are... Oh, uh, Mario, Mario movie. movie. The Mario movie. Yeah, the Mario movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Mario movie's going to come out, so that one's going to be awesome to see as Pr- well. Prediction I think, there. I think, it's gonna... I think Mario movie's yeah. going to be the most... Uh... The, the the most revenue generating animated movie of all time. You think? Yes. Okay, I gotta see what Disney's releasing animated wise. So so technically the top one right now, and I don't know if you'd count this because it's it's a different well, it's still animation. The Lion King, the, the the new Lion King is the highest one. Maybe Frozen or something is number two. Oh, maybe you're right. And like yeah, like I feel like worldwide is gonna do really well. I think worldwide it's gonna crush. I mean, like the preview, it just looks so incredibly. If the movie is even like half as charming as the preview, like it'll do well. But if they really like, if the whole way through that movie is as charming as it looks, like it's it's gonna crush the box offices. Because the thing is, is like I think oftentimes one of the secrets to getting one of these um, animated movies to do like abnormally well is you have to have the adults want to watch it too you know what i mean yeah so i think some of yeah. them have like you know like lion king kind of had that even though it wasn't like let's say the best remake i it was probably one of the better one of those like newer remakes that disney's done to be honest actually it's better than aladdin or those other dumbo probably and stuff um frozen's completely new ip but i think like, everyone knows mario everyone has memories of playing mario video games kids still love mario now so like it's just 
he's he's one of the most recognizable franchises on the planet. I mean, besides like Pokemon, you know. Yeah, I mean the thing is like the type of Pikachu Pokemon they didn't. I mean, it wasn't bad. But no, it wasn't but P- as good. I think I still think I think Pokemon's still a little different in the sense that Pokemon is one of the most ex- Pokemon I think is the most successful franchise of all time. But that's across the entirety, right? Of it. Like the the video games, yeah. and everything, and the video games are probably doing a lot of work there. But even then, I think Pokemon's a little Pokemon's still niche to some extent in terms of like who would physically go see a movie. And remember when we were right. kids, like I'm sure the parents were not like excited to go take their kids to see the Pokemon movie. Like I don't think the parents wanted to go see that movie. <laughs> that first one that came out. True. But I think now True, like, I think parents I think parents are gonna want to take their kids to the Mario movie. Well, because like, a lot of parents are like now in the age of where like they gotta experience, you know, like my brother, you know, is revisiting like the love of Pokemon because his daughter is really into it. My niece is really into Pokemon. So just seeing her be thrilled about that, like, just brings back memories to us about, like, how much, how into it we were. Yeah. Right? So it's kind of cool seeing it through, like, the eyes of a kid. Yeah, and my mom doesn't even, like, like or play video games, but she likes the Mario music because it reminds her of when we were kids. Like, the Super Super Mario World music, she really likes that. So it's, like, you even have people like that who are, like, I, I remember my kids playing this. Like even like like you have like boomers and stuff who maybe would take their grandkids to go see it because they remember their kids playing it or whatever. Like I think, I think it can do really really well, and I'm I'm super excited to see that movie. Nintendo better announce a fucking new game to go with it. Like Jesus Christ, Nintendo has been <laughs> fucked from COVID. Oh my God. Oh man, I yeah, you're right. I I haven't heard anything. Like I know that I know the second uh, Zelda's gonna come out this uh, the second Breath of the Wild's gonna Zelda's come out gonna come this, out in uh, May, but there's been no yeah. new Mario game in, in in a long time, and like I'm really have my fingers crossed for Mario Galaxy three. Is I'm hoping that they'll announce that. I gotta try the first one. I gotta get into it. I gotta get back into it, which I probably will. I've been playing. I've I got into when I was uh, visiting some friends in Portland. My buddy on a Switch had a Mario Golf. I don't know what it was about. I don't know what it was about that game, but I like enjoyed the crap out of it. Uh, it was just so relaxing yeah, fun. and fun to play. Yeah, Mario so, Mario Golf is good. Yeah, so I might have to purchase it uh, so I can like play it. Um, but yeah, no, 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 man. Um, yeah, it's a lot of good stuff to look forward to. I know we probably missed a bunch of stuff, but like I'm gonna, there's some movies that I need to also like catch up on because the we're they're probably gonna announce it at some point this month. They're gonna announce maybe the Oscar nominations because they're having the global, they're having the uh, Golden Globes I think on Tuesday, I think. Um, and I want to make sure that like I watch some of the movies that I've been wanting to watch that I know will be nominated for Oscars, like Brendan Fraser, The Whale. I really want to see that. Oh, yeah, I wanted to see that. I just saw a picture of Brendan Fraser super fat, so, like, that sounds interesting. <laughs> Damn it, Andrew. What? That's what I saw a picture it. of. I know. It's just, uh, anyways. But, I really like Brendan yeah. Fraser. He's having a renaissance. Oh, no, I, you know, he's playing Robot Man and uh, Doom Patrol, and he's probably been doing some other stuff. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, well, uh, yeah. Do you we'll think Will Smith got next. his invitation to the Oscars yet? No, he, he, why do you have to bring that up, dude? <laughs> he got. He was banned, you know, he right? Got, he's technically banned. Was, you know how for how long though? You know for how, how long? How long was it? Ten years. Ten years. 
Yeah. I wonder if he's gonna watch the Oscars. Um, I mean, I you know what? I don't even know. I would say probably not, but to, to support his peers, he might. Um, and that because that's gonna because the thing is like now that's gonna go down. It's so sad because that's gonna go down on one of the top things that has happened during an Oscar. You know, is Will Smith slapping? Yeah, Chris it's a very Smith. interesting thing. It's just like um. Like the Super Bowl, uh, what did they call it again? The uh, wardrobe malfunction. More, yeah, wardrobe malfunction. Just like the Super Bowl wardrobe malfunction. Like everyone, you know, will go down in history as very, very strange thing that happened on live television. Yep. Yep. So we'll see what more exciting stuff happens between then and now. Um, but yeah. Uh, I guess that's what we'll we'll wrap it up there for today. This is a this has been I want to talk movies. My name is Andy. And I'm Andrew. We'll see you guys next time.